33, 2, 1. Quiet on set. Cue background music. Cue background music. And go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Insert Name Here podcast because we haven't named this thing yet. I'm Zach Zeilinger with my co host, Mark Hamilton. Mark Hamilton. Hello. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first podcast in the uh, Mark and Zach show because yet we have yet to name this podcast. So it's on the to-do list. To list, along with a lot of other things like figuring out how we even distribute this podcast. Um, so Mark, what's going on, man? How was your day? Well, it's Friday and in the, in the pre-sales world, um, that means naturally all of your reps hit you up for all last minute a whole bunch of last minute stuff at four in the afternoon so i was probably working till about 5 30 this evening so and, and here we are on a sunny friday afternoon in washington right right yeah one of those Everyone's... days you do not want to be working till five o'clock no no i was staring at the sun through my window uh mournfully mournfully because <laughs> we haven't seen the sun in what feels like forever no 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 Cool. Well, hey, man, why don't we uh, let's let's dive into some questions here. We're going to let's introduce ourselves to the world because, you know, brilliance of people are probably going to tune into this every week and listen to it. No, we're not going to put one out every week. Let's not do that to ourselves just yet. <laughs> Got to ease into it. Ease yeah. into it. Yeah. So uh, so why don't we do some introductions? Mark, do you want to do you want to go first? Tell, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Do you want like the short version, or you want like the my life story? Because I can really, oh, oh. I can really go. I'll, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep it high level. Let's high keep level. it high level, high level stuff. Hey, so my name is Mark Hamilton, born and raised here in Washington State in a small town called Rochester. I had a graduating class of uh, seventy people. Um, I've always been a nerd, and so naturally, I work in IT. I work in pre-sales um, with you. Zach and um, we, I like to, I like to solve problems for people um, in the coolest, most expensive way possible. Most expensive um, <laughs> way possible. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm, I'm oh paid. wow! Let's hope <laughs> none of our customers ever listen to this, huh? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess aside from, aside from that, I, I like to play guitar sometimes. Um, I like to drink beer sometimes and, uh, and enjoy a nice fine glass of whiskey from time to time. Mm. Um, not getting too deep because I guess I see a, a few other questions here that might, might cover uh, yeah. what I was about to say. I'll just toss it back over to, to you. Who, who are you? Cool. Yeah. So thank you, Mark. I'm, uh, so I'm Zach Zeilinger. Um, I was born and raised in Burbank, California. Recently moved up to the Seattle area, I guess, uh, I guess three years ago now, going on four years. Um, I work in pre-sales with Mark as well. Uh, it's It's been an interesting ride. I've been in pre-sales almost as long as I've been in Seattle now. I first started doing this in the, the Bay Area out in San Francisco, which was a ton of fun. Um, but now I'm up here in Seattle and, and it's, a, it's a good time so far. I really enjoy Seattle. Minus the fact there's no sun. I was going to say, but you had a bit more sun in the Bay Area. There, there was a bit more sun in the Bay Area. Yeah. It's interesting. I guess the Bay Area and Seattle have like, they, they both not equal amounts of rainfall, but Seattle's or uh, 
San Francisco's rain all seems to fall in one month. So there is one month of doom and gloom, and that's it. Oh, I did not know that. Luckily, I've only ever been in the Bay Area when it's not that month-long span of rain. I've only been there when it's nice, so I just assumed it was always nice. It's like March-April time frame is when it's usually dumping hard out there, but... So right now, basically. Right now, yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> you you would think I'd be used to this. Uh, you never get you never get used to it. No, never, never. Cool. So so, so let's talk a little bit about um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about I guess who we are. Let's should we talk a, a little bit about what we do, like what 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 we do for a living and, and kind of like maybe how we got there? Yeah, why don't I, why don't I go first since I'm the noob, and then you can correct me, um, come over the top and tell me you know what what it was when, when what something's I, wrong. <laughs> when something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, so so Zach and I are in pre-sales. We are pre-sales engineers. So so what we do is we work with um, our sales counterparts and customers to go in and discuss um, technology, really, um, whether it's. Um, they've got some assets coming up for they're expiring or they're looking at, you know, expanding their you know service catalog or or just uh, looking for some guidance um, as it relates to um, the cloud or, the, you know, the, like a multi-cloud strategy on-prem, you know, so on and so forth. And so we come in and uh, we cover a select set of solutions and uh, we work with our customers to provide the best solution for the customers. Um, and then we work with our sales counterparts to um, appropriately price um, said solutions um, and uh, ultimately uh, set the customer up for success. Boom. That's pretty good in a nutshell, I would say right there. Yes. That is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, again, I work with Mark, so this will probably be super short, but yeah, so we're, we are account systems engineers is, is kind of our, our, what our titles are. Um, and yeah, we work with customers to design and build data centers and, and help customers kind of navigate our technology portfolio. Um, and that's what we do for a living. And that's kind of, I guess, it's, it's kind of going to be what this podcast is about, right? I would say we're, we're going to talk a lot about technology. Uh, Mark, I know you've got a pretty cool home lab. So I think, you know, at some point, maybe we'll talk about our home labs um it, it sounds like we're gonna throw this up on youtube so maybe even you know do like a little walkthrough of our, our home labs and talk about that um and you know we we have a home lab like most i think engineers and technology do or at least most um uh try to do that right and uh maybe walk you through that but um yeah so what we do for a living is is just that we work with customers help them navigate our portfolio we have a very large portfolio so um, we talk a lot about solutions, a lot about software, and and then oddly enough, we go out and sell hardware. So <laughs> that's fun. Mm-hmm. And so, which is interesting because, um, I, so I wanted to get into, uh, I knew I wanted to do something with IT growing up. So so essentially, like it's like, well, how did we get to be pre-sales engineers? So yeah. so you and I feel like are unique in a sense that we actually worked in the data center. Um, and, uh, how I got here. So I essentially, I went to school to really want to be a video game designer. Like any kid that enjoyed gaming oh, yeah. as a, as a, as a child, I was just like, I want to go make Nintendo games. Right. Um, Who doesn't? But, 
but my my dad ended up um, bringing home spare computer parts from work. He was sort of like the pseudo IT guy, um, and so he, we we would go out and start putting a bunch of random pieces together back when you had to worry about IRQ settings and all that good stuff just to get your sound card to work. Right. I think we don't have to worry about that anymore. Thank but, God. Um, I went to, I went, ended up going to um, school for, to, to be a software developer, but I realized along the way that I really enjoyed working with hardware. And so um, my first job, I started as a, as a help desk uh, technician doing any, for a couple of years doing, anything from antivirus removals to domain installs to, to setting up small uh, small and medium business servers like um, oh gosh what was that Windows what was that Windows version that was literally for sm like small and, and small and medium business they actually had like oh. an edition um, I'm forgetting it was like Windows Server 2003 something edition 2003 whatever. was it it was Windows ME no, no, no. It wasn't Windows Ever. No, it was... it was. I don't even remember. I've, yeah, I've, I, I mean, I've only been in tech for like 15 years, and I don't even know all those Windows operating systems I've worked on. SBS. It was Windows Server. SBS. 2003. SBS, Small Business Server. So right. did that for a couple of years and then jumped over to work in the data center at uh, Department of Revenue. I don't know if I should be saying that, but uh, at, a, at a, a government agency in Washington here for about five years. Um, we'll just bleep that part out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Worked with a number of technologies, hyper-converged uh, uh, technologies, three-tiered store, uh, storage technologies, um, it, you know, a number of vendors. Then went, like, at that point, and I'm, I'm probably going a little long-winded, but no, you know, I hey, like it. How, did we, how did we get here? So yeah, um, I really enjoyed working in the data center, but at the same time, I was really getting into scripting, um, really big in, into PowerShell, um, which sort of brought out some of the software development, like, aspects of what I went to school for, for the most part, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, really got into that and then ended up jumping over to another agency uh, where I was their uh, senior server and storage engineer. Um, so I, yeah, I led a team of about five uh, sysadmins. Uh, we were a hosting uh, provider for, um, for this large agency. So they had mm -hmm. multiple administrations They came to us. They paid us to host virtual machines for them. And so, of course, we had to we had SLAs we had to meet and all that all that fun stuff. So, after spending uh, a couple years there, um, our one of our vendors reached out to me saying, like, "Hey, you know, if you end up deciding that you would like to leave and get into something else, I think you'd be really good at pre-sales," which I'd never even thought of before. Um, and so, I started doing some research, reading up on it, and. Um, I've always thought myself as like thought of myself as like a problem solver. I liked much like with the scripting. Mm -hmm. uh, background like oh here's a problem how can i solve it in the most efficient uh like way possible and so he was basically like this person was like you get to go in and solve problems for people they they present you with a problem and you you work um with you have a number of uh building blocks if you will and you put together a solution to uh to solve their problem um and you get paid well for it so yeah. <laughs> I think, and, and, and it was, and yes, money aside, it was great because um, I was no longer getting calls at two in the morning that my server farm was down, right? Um, because the latest patch that we rolled out was causing purple screens of death, mm -hmm. you know, on our on our hosts. Mm -hmm. um, so there's the stress of working weekends and all that was is gone now, and now I get to just solve problems all day long. So that's it's kind of how I got here. It wasn't what I was it, like. Honestly, I didn't think I'd be into the. Um, uh, be here when I was growing up. Obviously, I wanted to 
make games for a living. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. If I was a kid now, I'd want to just be a famous Twitch streamer and just play, you know, or and be in some kind of a esports league. But yeah, that, that totally. train has uh, left the station. Um, and also, can we just say a quick amen to not having to work till two o'clock in the morning or weekends anymore? Good lord! Amen. Oh God! If you work in technology and you work on hardware, man, uh, my heart goes out to you that you still that you I, we feel your pain, man. I did that for years, and it is horrible. One of my jobs, I lived like literally right down the street from the data center. So it was just like, I, I think I was on call every weekend for like two years. <laughs> it was the worst. Like, yeah, Zach's just down the street. Just give him a call. He'll, he'll just yeah, walk just right call over him. and he'll go. It. Yeah. Yeah. One of my coworkers had kids. So every weekend he'd be on call if something were to go down. He'd be like, dude, Zach, um, you know, my kids are at the baseball game. Like, I can't really leave right now. I just got a text message saying the data center is at 180 ambient air temperature. And you're like, uh, what? <laughs> There's a couple more alerts between 60 and 180. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. HVAC system's not quite uh, performing clearly. Turns out somebody forgot to lubricate some bearings. Woo. Mm, 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 mm. Lubricate those bearings, people. Very important. Yeah, so, so uh, how did you, uh, what made you decide to get into pre-sales? Let's hear yeah. your story. So, you know, a long, long, long time ago in a galaxy very far away, uh, what's funny is actually I was, uh, I was going to community college. So, so this, we're going way back, people. I, uh, grab a seat because we're going for a ride. Um, <laughs> back in community college, I was actually going to community college for automotive. So I, I grew up in a small town, not small, actually, it's a large city, a uh, town called Lancaster. And I went to a place uh, at a community college called the Antelope Valley Community College. And uh, what's really interesting is they have a whole like automotive program. It's also a huge aerospace. So they have a lot of aerospace program stuff out there, but went to school for automotive. Got a couple of uh, um, certificates in like drive what was it? Transmissions and drive chains and uh, like emissions and transmissions and all kinds of stuff. And, and started doing um, ASC certification, which in the automotive world stands for automotive service excellence. Funny how I've come full circle here back to being an <laughs> ASC. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I was a mechanic at a, at a custom motorcycle shop, actually and uh, was working on, on motorcycles. And, and one of my good friends one day reached out to me and was like, Hey, um, how would you like to migrate Windows XP to Windows Vista for a job? And at the time I was like, sure, <laughs> why not? Also at the time I'm running Windows 7 at home, right? I, I probably should also redact my employer just for my <laughs> own safety, but <laughs> uh, man. So, so my first job in technology was actually doing just that, right? I had, we had about, um, Man, it was somewhere between 12 and 16,000 desktops um, at, at this place. And it was just migrating Windows XP to Windows Vista was all I did all day long. And anybody out there who has ever tried to use Windows Vista knows the pain of drivers. <laughs> so this particular employer wanted us migrating something crazy like, you know, 30 desktops a day. And by the way, we had to actually physically go out and do this because you went from Windows XP, which was like, you know, a one gigahertz single core CPU to needing four gigs of memory, 500 gigs of hard drive space and just all this stuff. So we were 
we were just upgrading memory and hard drives and all kinds of stuff. Um, and that was my first gig in technology. And that's kind of like really where I started, right? So I, I worked my way up through the ranks, actually ended up getting laid off uh, just because uh, the contractor I was working for at the time, they got the contract pulled. And, and when you're a contractor and your contractor gets pulled, you don't have a job anymore. <laughs> so, so the contract got pulled. Um, interestingly enough, got a job as, as the tech guy at, a, at, my, at the church I was going to at the time, actually. And um, they, they just called me up one day and they're like, hey, you do tech, right? You, you know how to work a computer, right? And I was like, well, I can turn it on. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was my only qualification. What do you know? Um, so I worked there for a little while. They, they were, you know, one of those like early 2000 mega churches. I think mega churches in the early 2000s were very popular. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so I did that for a little while. And, and luckily, um, they liked me enough at, at my previous employer. So I ended up going back there and, and was uh, working on the help desk, right? So it just took remote calls all day long. Um, worked worked uh, field services for, for, you know, actually going out to the customer's desktops, did that for a while. Um, and then actually got into the data center. So, so they were um, insourcing is what they called it. So basically I went from being a contractor to actually being a full-time employee and at that point, I made, a, I, I made a pretty big jump in my career, right? At this point, I had no college, right? So I had no real formal education or training in technology. I had been, you know, migrating Windows Vista to, or Windows XP to Windows Vista, doing remote support. And I, and I made this huge jump right into the data center. And I actually became like the backup and DR guy. And man, let me tell you, when you take somebody that basically only knows how to install software and make them your backup and DR guy, it was iffy at best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to learn, uh, oh, what were we using? Symantec net backup. Mm-hmm. So, um, which had, you know, previous to that, I was, I had done, what was I working on? Oh no, at the same time, they split me between, no, I'm getting confused now. They, they, Previously, they had split me, so I worked with backup execs. So I at least knew a little bit of the Symantec GUI, but man, huge learning curve um, and really just kind of got super interested in it, right? I started learning VMware. Um, at the time, I think we were we were just doing a migration from, from VMware 3.0 to 3.5, Oof. I'm pretty sure, right? That was, that was when they went from ESX to ESXi hypervisors. Yep. And man, let me tell you, the jump was rough. It, we were basically P to V again, all of the virtual machines to get them over because, you know, at the time VMware had some bug or some kink that needed to be worked out. Um, and I mean, at the time we were still P to V stuff, right? We, we were taking physical servers, turning them into virtual. Um, and that's what I was doing. And I was working in a day center uh, and I loved it. You know, it, it was an interesting transition for me because I do enjoy working with my hands, right? I was, I'm mechanically inclined. I like working on cars. Um, so it was a fun, it was an interesting jump for me. And I was just super into it. I loved it. Um, and I think at that point, I like really staked my claim or staked my career on VMware, really started learning VMware. Same thing like you, right? I, I was like, man, I'm doing the same thing every day. How can, I, how can I make this easier on myself? And the answer was to learn the script, right? And so I learned PowerShell. Um, started scripting backup stuff, started learning power CLI, power CLI. I think this was, this was later when it was like VMware or vSphere, like 4.0 or something like that, or 4.5 maybe. 
when they mm-hmm. had introduced the the power CLI and started doing all that stuff and got myself in a little bit of trouble with some scripts that, that went a little um, awry, <laughs> started shutting some things off. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know it would do that. Sorry. <laughs> so have you, have you ever done that, Mark? Have you ever accidentally shut production down? Um, I have. And it, actually that'd be a really cool um, uh, topic to discuss is like, what's your biggest data center? Like, whoopsie. Like, whoopsie. <laughs> I've got a couple, but it, you know, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you finish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so anyways, I mean, that was, that was my, how I got into data center stuff. Um, and then just kind of progressed, moved on to a couple of different jobs, moved, went, went from living in Lancaster, California to, to Monterey. Uh, Monterey is a beautiful city, uh, right there on the beach. And I sat in an office. It was actually, I finally left, you know, the dungeon data center. Our office, when I was working at this first place was literally right next to the data center like there were sliding glass doors between us mm. and the servers so Could it was hear, always hear cold. <laughs> oh yeah it was always cold and it was always loud <laughs> and, and hey. so all of a sudden i moved to this like office where i had a view of the ocean and you could hear seals and watch the orca whales pass and it was just oh, it was gorgeous so could you hear when like Whenever, whenever you had like an accidental reboot, all of a sudden you like you hear a fan just whoosh, you're like, oh crap! Mm. Uh, yes, server ser- servers down somewhere. Something's about to <laughs> something just changed. Alerts incoming. <laughs> yeah, it's it is actually wild how you're just sitting there and you, you know, when you first start and maybe you've just started at a data center and you're sitting next to the actual data center room, and at first it's real annoying, right? It takes some getting used to. And then you just go about your day to day and you don't even really notice it, but you're right. Like when something happens, all of a sudden you feel a change. You're like, so, something. Did, that frequency, did a, frequency change. Something, there. something <laughs> just changed here. <laughs> right? I think did I just heard a system just shut off? Like what's happening? <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, like, oh, I think a PSU just went out. Like of all, like the, all the PSUs running like the, yeah. like, yeah, but there's probably some, some guy out there in a in a basement of a data center that can pick up something that that oh. like like oh yep power supply is dead gotta go find it gotta look gotta for go some amber it. lights you yep. know on the front <laughs> yeah one time <laughs> one time we lost uh, for some reason just the not even not just one both pdus in iraq died and um and, and i and i could Ooh. tell like i heard it right i felt something change and i was like dude something just happened in the data center and one of my coworkers was like what are you talking about? Nothing just changed. Crazy, man. And then all of a sudden the alerts start coming in. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh my gosh, a rack just went down, like a whole rack. <laughs> you know, we run in there and the whole rack's down and he looks at me and goes, how, how could you tell? And I was like, I don't know. I just, it, something changed and I heard it. What's funny is when I was a mechanic, I could actually like, I would put my hand on an engine and listen to it. And I could, I could get within a couple hundred RPM of knowing like where that motor was running. So I don't know if it's just something with my ears. Cause then when people talk to me, I'm always like, what? I'm, I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> You're actually like listening to their, to their the RPM of their heart. Of their and, heart. Right. Yeah, yeah. I can tell I'm like, Hey, your heart rate's kind of high today. Maybe, maybe you should take your blood medication or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, so I was, I was working at, you know, I was a contractor for a long time and um, I always had people tell me, you know, like, sales engineers and and reps they would come in they would talk to us about you know and, and i bought everything under the sun i've bought hp and dell and 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 you know 
uh, Tentries and Nutanix and just the, the running the whole gamut, right? Cisco stuff. Um, and um, all these reps would always come and be like, man, you're, you're, uh, you're a cool dude. Like you have, you seem to have a lot of fun with people. You would totally make a lot more money as a sales engineer. And I, and I listened to people tell me this for a long time. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. But, um, you know, eventually made it into San Francisco, which was, it was, it was real weird. Right. Because it, it feels like that's the, that's the destination. This is where like all the technology guys are trying to get to right guys and gals trying to get to is, is into San Francisco. And I made it and I was like, I'm here. It was, it's like Hollywood, you know, (laughs) for, for people trying to be famous. And, um, and honestly, it wasn't that extravagant. It was, it's so expensive in San Francisco. I don't understand. I mean, you've literally got to be making a couple hundred K a year just to like live, you know, at, at at like where some people, yeah, comfortably. (laughs) That's the word I'm looking for comfortably. And it was rough. And I, and I really didn't like San Francisco. And then I, and then I got the job where you and I work now. It's funny. I don't think either of us have said yet where we work. Have you? No. Neither no. have I. We're, we're going to steer clear of that for a minute. <laughs> but um, then I got the job where you and I work now. And it was, man, it was such a change for me. And at first it was super confusing. And I, and I think for you too, right? I, I recognize you totally went through the same thing I went through, right? It was just like a, like, okay, well, well, what do I do? Like, I'm just sitting here not doing anything. And then all of a sudden you get 150 hours of training. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, uh, load. No, yeah, I remember, I remember you telling it. me, uh, uh, I think it was like, cause you were, you were, you were training me, you and some, you know, mm-hmm. and one other of our, our, you know, former colleagues was training me. And I remember sitting there like, what did I get myself into? Like, this is, uh, is there a manual on how to be a pre-sales engineer? I'd like to read it. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm drowning over here. I mean, the, the one guy that, you know, our our former colleague for day one, he filled an entire whiteboard up with just stuff. And I'm sitting there like eyes are glazing over. Like I'm, I'm just like, my brain's shorting out. Like I have no idea what, what I get. Yeah. And you could, you can ask my wife that I'm out there'd be nights where I'm laying in bed and I'm just like, what, what have I done? That I, 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 I can't handle this. I can't handle this. But no, you, you were right there saying like, Hey man, it takes six months plus for, uh, for, for a, a pre-sales engineer to really, really start to feel like they know yeah. what they're doing. And like close to a year before you even start like really producing some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, then, and I don't know, my work ethic, didn't agree with that statement. I was like, I want to be yeah. the best now. I want right to get now, right now. Yeah. And where are all and, the SOPs? Where are all the, the, the shutdown scripts? I want to read them right now. Like I want to yeah, know everything yeah. about this network possible. And then all of a sudden there's nothing to manage. And you're like, well, well, what do I do with all my time? Can I write a script? And you're like, bro, Salesforce, have you ever tried to use Salesforce? There is <laughs> no automating that. Yeah, man. It's such an interesting, I remember when I went to new hire, they, um, because, because again, like I I had a lot of the same, like, kind of like struggles that you were having when you first started was I I was sitting there for, for about six months and I was just like, not feeling valuable at all to any of my colleagues. And I'm constantly like confused about what's going on. And it's such an interesting thing getting into sales. I mean, 
I would, man, I think the first three months I would go on sales meetings with my reps and this is pre COVID, right? So we're actually sitting in front of people and I would just say nothing the whole time because I was terrified. Like, what if I say something wrong? What if I'm like, no, you don't need to buy anything because you can do it with this and you already own it. So, I mean, it was nice meeting you, but I'll see you later. Right. It was mm -hmm. just like, what do I say to people? How do I approach them? What do I talk to them about? Um, and it was just, it was such a weird experience to be on like month six and still not feel like very valuable in your job, you know, mm -hmm. but then I went to new hire training and uh, one of the first things they talked about was just that, right. They, they said, listen, when, when we hire account systems engineers, we know day one, they bring nothing to the table, <laughs> you know, and it's really weird to say that, but they, it, there's so, there's such a huge learner, learning curve. I think because our portfolio is so massive and there's just so much to learn and, and the account systems engineers are really like the generalists of the portfolio, you know, and it's not even our portfolio. It's like all of our sister company portfolios too, that they want us knowing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yeah. And, and so they were talking about, you know, month six, you've got a kind of a feel for what's happening. And then they, I think they were talking about at one year, you think you're doing great things, but you're actually doing a lot of bad things. You know? <laughs> and future CSATs. Yeah, future CSATs <laughs> are all you're doing right now, right? Customers are just going to be pissed off at you. That's all that's going to happen at one year. And then they were talking about that, you know, that they really start to see a return on their investment in the individual at like year two. And I remember listening to this guy say this, and he was like an SVP in our org. And I'm like, they, they don't recognize value on an individual they've hired for two years. And I was like, good load, <laughs> load and yeah. load. That is a long time to like catch up to what you're doing. Um, but I think the interesting thing is that like you and I, we worked in the data center before we started working as, as you know, or, or in sales really. Um, and a lot, and some of our counterparts, I think our team is kind of the, we're, we kind of really stand out from a lot of sales engineers in that I think every single one of us at one point or another has either worked as a full-time employee in a data center or worked for, you know, one of the VARs in the world actually installing and setting up gear and, and scripting gear and all that good stuff. Um, but, you know, it, it's interesting to see the difference between kind of like a lifer sales engineer versus someone who's come out of the data center, right? And And really how they take to the job and how they kind of go about their, their day and, and how, even how they talk to customers is, is really different. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I've gotten some feedback that essentially like that my, my ability to relate to the customers, um, has been, has been, uh, refreshing because, you know, they're used to, you know, maybe previous engineers that have never like actually touched the equipment outside of a lab before. They've never had to work those late hours or actually be a part of a deployment and sit on all the deployment calls and then stand there, you know, rack stack and and go through all the pains of that and data, yeah. you know, getting access to data centers and all that fun stuff. So um, they've, it's been an interesting, uh, it's been interesting to hear those, hear that feedback. And then I'll get these questions from our sales counterparts. Like, oh, what do you think the, how do you think the customer is feeling about this? Or, or like based on your previous experience with, you know, this solution, um, how do you think this particular customer is going to handle X, Y, Z? And and having that, having that perspective, um, the out, like the outside perspective, like outside of sales has been, has been, I think has really helped like us connect and, and relate to our customers and become that, 
like trusted advisor like oh yeah he's he's really been there like he's he's got our yeah. like he knows what we're going through um and, and he can relate so yeah I think, totally. it, I think it certainly helps i mean i when i when i was you know on the customer side when i was working in data centers um it, it it was it always did feel better to talk to somebody that had come out of a data center right that had like that you know 10 or 15 years of experience um or, or i mean honestly any experience inside of a data center right <laughs> it was so i literally just this week a customer asked me um we, we were talking about one of our newer products and they asked me they say hey can i re can i update this thing during production hours and I just started laughing and was, you know, like I said, look, bro, I, I said, I'll show you a slide that says just that I will, I will show you the slide that says, yes, you can absolutely run updates during production hours. I said, but let's, let's be real for a minute here and don't tell my boss <laughs> I said this, but why in the world would you ever do an update during production hours? Right. I mean, Look, at the end of the day, we, we, our company builds amazing products and, and even outside of our companies, our competitors build amazing products, but why would anybody in their right mind with anything do it during production hours? I mean, dude, talk about asking for trouble. It's just, you know, you just never know. That's, I always tell people that the great thing about it is that there's, there's 101 ways to, to accomplish something. The horrible thing about IT is that there's a hundred and one ways <laughs> to accomplish something. You know, you've yep. got people who've done it this way or that way or, or whatever way. And, uh, and you're always fighting for whose way is the best way. And it just gets so confusing, but man, I mean, if you're doing updates during production hours and you've never run across complication from that, I would love to meet you and understand mm -hmm. how you do that because <laughs> it's insane. Are you telling me that you've never you never ran an update during uh, during business hours? Uh, not to a production. Well, okay, no. So the way I learned not to do this <laughs> <laughs> was by running updates during production hours, and then it decided, you know, you know, Microsoft Windows. It's like, oh, I just did an update that requires a restart. I'm gonna reboot. Yep. Oh. Yep. Oh. Okay. I did. I'm not gonna ask you if you want to reboot. Yeah. I'm gonna reboot. But so. then at, when it's three o'clock <laughs> in the morning and you want it to just automatically reboot and you're going through a hundred servers and they're all asking you if it's okay to reboot. And you're like, now you ask, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. I don't miss that. I don't, don't miss, miss that. it at all. No, I don't miss it at all. Again, if you're listening and that's you, my heart, it goes out to you. <laughs> you're the real, the real heroes. Dude, heroes. so earlier we were talking about mistakes we've made in the data center. I uh, this is to you. I I want to hear one of your mistakes in your data center. I'm going to start off with the. I've got two that come to mind. One is um, the first one. I'll start off with is not the great, like not not too bad, but the second one yeah. is was incredible. So uh, I was uh, managing a rather large uh, uh, VMware server farm. Um, and we had a number of front end web servers behind a um, I believe it was a, a Cisco uh, load balancer. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm just, you know, this was before I was too, you know, very comfortable with uh, Power CLI. So I was just playing around in the GUI. I'd say I was probably only a year into working with uh, VMware. And um, I was going to do a bulk change uh, to a number of uh, VMs. You know, I think it was like a CPU hot add or something, you know, uh, something like that. Ended up right clicking and hitting shutdown. 
um, and then like hitting yes on the prompt mm -hmm. before I realized what I was doing. And then um, I basically took down uh, the main website um, that people go to pay their business taxes in this oh, state. Good. Um, oh good. And I didn't. I didn't even realize. I basically was just like click click. And just sort of like, uh, sort of walked off. <laughs> I'm going to go get some oh. coffee because this is going to take forever. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we had this um, web monitor, uh, external web monitor um, service at the time. I forget what it was called. And I had this app set on my phone that whenever like this service called or texted, like an alarm went off on my phone. And so I'm like walking over to get some coffee and, you know, in the, the, the timeout period that we had set, obviously timed out. And my phone starts going, everyone, like everyone who had the alert set up, their phones are all going off and everyone's like panicked, like, oh my God, what's going on? The server's down over, we're losing revenue, like tax revenue. And, and I was just like, oh, that's strange. So I just like casually walked back to my desk and I'm, I sit down and I'm like, huh, all these, uh, all these virtual machines are powered off. That's weird. Bulk power on. Yeah, I, I couldn't really uh, get away with that one because uh, all of a sudden everything's back up. You're like, gosh, I wonder <laughs> oh. what's Mercury solar flares retrograde. Man. Weird. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> so my my first my first uh, boss in IT would always blame weird issues on solar flares. So that's always been my my go to. Like, oh, nice. solar flares. It's got to be the solar mm -hmm. flares. Um, you know, they they hit the they hit the wires outside, and it just sends magnetic pulses everywhere. Little small EMPs that just interrupt traffic. Not a big oh deal. yeah, yep, yeah. The uh, the that was that was that was my first big one. Um, and obviously, I couldn't hide that I did it. There was no way of getting around it. The tasks, of course, are recorded there. Like, oh, you know, my username. You know, initiate shutdown on all these VMs, and then initiated power on. So it's like, hey guys, sorry, noob mistake. It'll never happen again. But my worst, and this actually doesn't even seem too bad because it wasn't like it didn't cause an outage, so to like so to so to speak, but. I was working on a PowerShell script for um, like uh, modifying people's mailboxes to unmap shared mailboxes. Oh, and, buddy! <laughs> and we're talking, you know, like fifteen thousand employees um, doing some doing some cleanup, going through unmapping all these mailboxes, uh, these shared mailboxes. And so I was testing the script out, and uh, with a what if I literally I put the dash what if at the end, um, and I was testing like a bulk mapping and then oh. a bulk unmapping with the what if on it. And mm. so I, uh, you know, I, was, I figured I got the what if on it. It's not going to make any changes. Be, I'll just, I'll just target. I just did like a get 80 user asterisk, pulled the entire 80 user base, you know, and uh, then just iterated through each one of them to uh, what if map and unmap mm. this uh, mailbox. And of course, with that many users, it's taken its time. Um, so I hit it and I run away and I, you know, I walk off and I'm grabbing my coffee and, <laughs> oh, um, and then I sit off. back down. I'm sitting there and then I hear I hear this guy two cubes down. Uh, one of our uh, network administrators is like, huh, that's weird. I just got this mailbox, uh, this shared mailbox map to my uh, my exchange or my, you know, my outlook for some reason. That's weird. Oh. And then somebody else was like, yeah, it just showed up on mine, too. That's uh, what's going on. And, I, and like, so I was like, OK, that's a coincidence that it's the exact mailbox or a shared mailbox that I'm targeting right now. Can't be. So I was like, I like I walk over and I'm like, hey, yeah. uh, couldn't help but hear that you had a you know, this weird this mailbox show up. Like, what's what's uh, what's going on? So like, sure enough, I, so I walk around and now like I basically mapped this shared mailbox to the entire agency. Nice. Um, and the, I, like the help desk was getting I mean, oddly enough. Help desk was getting calls like 
I got this mailbox that just showed up. Like, what's going right. on? Like, hey, and and calls are just calls are just coming in. Yeah, it was, <laughs> and so I got I got actually in pretty big trouble for that one. Um, and I'm and here I am like, guys, look, it's got a what if on it. It's not supposed to do anything. <laughs> um, so I actually did use up some of our um, our. Uh, what do you call them? The Microsoft, like we had our an enterprise agreement with some, you know, hours we can use for, for uh, troubleshooting. And so I did open a ticket nice, and nice. they confirmed that it was a bug. Cause you're supposed to, when you're creating oh. a PowerShell, uh, like a commandlet, you're supposed to program like what the, what if actually does. And right. it was a, whoever had programmed the, what if, I don't know, maybe they left something commented. So, uh, or, or uncommented oh, no. or whatever, like it actually performed um, the, uh, the action. And so, nice, yeah, nice. It doesn't. It didn't take they anything down. But I just commented out the entire "what if" statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Power so was like, what if we didn't do the "what if"? <laughs> and then it came down to like, well, why didn't you just target like three users, create some test users or something? And I was like, I'm sorry. I I put my faith in Microsoft to write a commandlet for a scripting like platform that, that they created. Mistake? That was yeah. your first mistake. Trust me. It was one of those hidden features. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that was a that was a pretty pretty big one. But again, I mean, it wasn't a production outage or anything. Um, but I did update. There was this this really uh, solid HCI platform I had um, before I before I came here, um, and they you know they they've got this one click upgrade thing where you click you, hit, you know it goes everything you know top to bottom. Actually, bottom to top, you know, hardware, software, what have you. Yeah, whatever. And I ran one of the uh, upgrades, the one-click upgrades, one night, and I was like, "Oh, this is fine." And so uh, it was. There was literally one day on a like a third. No, it was a Friday. It was a Friday at one o'clock. Oh, um, I was on taking Friday. That, yeah, I was taking the second half of the day off. So, um, and I had like a thirty-minute drive home. So I hit the start button on our production cluster, got in my car, and drove home. And by the time I got home. Everything was done, and nobody noticed. I rolled the oh. dice on that one. Oh, it worked. But, uh, oh, yeah. Wow. Worked as advertised. Um, as advertised. That must be a first. <laughs> not that I would ever suggest that anyone do that. Um, I think at that point, I might have already submitted my two weeks, so I was already like, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, whatever happens, gonna... <laughs> happens. <laughs> I should probably I, cut I that. I have clicked many an upgrade button and then driven home. <laughs> I was like, I'll check this when I get home. It's two o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah, yep, yep. No one's gonna notice if one. Ho I mean, that's that's the that's the uh, beauty of uh, you know redundancy, right? Is you know, right. You could sustain an outage and nobody would, nobody would know. That that is the beauty of virtualization. I mean, that's why we started doing it, dude. It was like, if I if I when it's physical, if I lose this thing, it's just down, right? Versus on, you know, VMware, it's like, hey, if it, if I lose a host, at least HA is going to bring it up on another host, and hopefully it will boot up correctly, which most of the time it does. It's it's glorious. It's wonderful. I always hated when uh, when I'd be uh, patching and rebooting the uh, like field office servers, and for whatever reason, um, they would at post they get stuck on the press F one to continue. And oh. so I'd like a few hours later, I'd be like, oh, weird domain controller eight out in field office, whatever didn't come up. And so I'd hope that either, you know, ILO or IDRAC, whatever is, is working and okay. Yeah. It's got to press F one. Thank God. Yeah. It's not a, you know, 
corrupt boot partition or something or whatever like yeah oh those are always fun those are always yeah. fun yeah well well let's see i mean we uh i think we we hobbies we should probably talk about uh oh, we what about we like to, i think we i think we covered it a little bit but i mean if it's one of those things where we, we want to save it for another night we could certainly do that what, what are you thinking can we run over hobbies real quick i kind of i think i feel like the hobbies are going to help us leave this podcast a little open-ended so if one night we're like you know what i don't want to talk about technology it's too much we've been dealing with it all week let's talk about something else i feel like that that leaves a, the door open for us that sounds good to me Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'll, I'll go first on the hobbies. Yeah, it sounds like you're into building things or fixing I'm, things or... I'm into building things. Yeah, I like... Yeah, so again, I'm, I'm a mechanically inclined person. So my hobbies are... So, I, so probably the biggest one or most expensive one I have right now um, is, is today I own three different vehicles. I own a, a, a 1969 Volkswagen Squareback a 94 Jeep Cherokee and a 2018 Ford Transit 350. Um, so one of my hobbies is just is building stuff, right? So this 69 Volkswagen Squareback I'm restoring, the 94 Jeep is going to be my it's going to be my off-road beast. And then the Ford Transit is a is going to be the weekend warrior camper van. Um and then obviously technology, right? So I just actually ordered um, some, some ubiquity equipment that's sitting on the couch that I'm going to set up in my house. And I've got some raspberry pies here that I want to, want to build a Kubernetes cluster on top of. So technology is definitely one of my hobbies and then just a little bit of everything else. Right. I'm into like archery and, and whiskey. Oh, that we got to talk about whiskey next because we're, we're both enjoying a nice little glass of whiskey and we want to make that a small segment of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can get into a lot of things, uh, you know, and I grew up in the desert. So dirt bikes, ATVs, off-roading, all that stuff. It's a ton of fun, ton of fun. Hiking, you know, I mean, who doesn't love being outdoors? It's it's a good time. So anything outdoors, fishing, all that good stuff. What Especially about you, Mike? in the summertime in the Pacific Northwest. It's Oh, yeah, dude. The Pacific Northwest, hands down. Summertime's here. They're the best. And I don't think people in Washington want everybody knowing that, which is why they say it always rains here. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody right now in the summertime, it is gorgeous. Like it is, mm, it's, it's, it's so nice here in the summertime. It's, it's definitely what's keeping me here right now. Yeah. 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 I actually just, just moved closer to water because I love swimming in the summertime in yeah. the Pacific Northwest. So I've got, I'm five minutes from, uh, the sound and I'm five minutes. Well, actually I'm, I'm like 30 seconds from, uh, a lake, freshwater lake. So, um, but I guess jumping into my hobbies, I mean, as you can see, I enjoy, I enjoy playing music. I've been playing music for, uh, like my, my, my parents got me doing piano lessons at the age of five and I played until I was 12. Um, but you know, it wasn't cool to play piano. You know, you the wanted piano. to get into, yeah, something cooler. So naturally, oh, you're such a nerd playing piano. Exactly. So, so in order to become, you know, cool with the cool kids, naturally, I started playing the trumpet. Mm, yeah, and that got you right into the cool yeah, kids. Oh, circle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Immediately. Yes. Immediately. I can see it. The trumpet. That's that's one. That's one sweet instrument right there. Shred it, for it tightens the lips. That. It tightens the lips a little bit. So you know, you can see the appeal. I have um, so many comments for that one, but <laughs> we're trying to keep this a family show, so I'm going to keep yeah. my comments to myself. 
That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, no, so my uh, my older brother and my younger brother, they they are all in the music as well. So we we started a band. Um, and so I've been playing in and out of bands for the last, oh gosh, uh, eighteen years. 18 oh, wow. Years. Are you in a band right now? Um, yes. Oh, you don't you don't want to disclose that? I'll, that's that's all I'm going to say. I'm in a band right now. Yes. Oh, oh. I'm actually in two two bands right now. Oh, wow. Two bands. Okay. All right. All right. Nice. Completely different genres, but uh, yeah. yeah. You were you were um, in a heavy metal band, right? Or are you now in a heavy metal band? No, I was in a I was in a heavy metal band. We uh, toured for for a while. Had a small uh, got a small. Um, uh, we got signed to a small label and, and toured nice. for a bit. There's a, there's a music video out there. You can go look back when I had my <laughs> lip ring and long hair and, you know, skinny jeans, all that fun stuff. Now we're talking. But yeah, so aside from, from, from playing music, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nerd as well. So I've got, I've got a number of Raspberry Pis myself. Um, I haven't quite set up the Kubernetes cluster yet, but um, I have, uh, they're, they're doing a number of things. One's a VPN server. The other one's actually running the new um, uh, ESXi on ARM, which is oh, pretty Oh, nice. Um, got that, a that's in the VMware tiny. labs, right? Yeah, the fling. Sweet, yeah. sweet. Um, it's got enough memory and CPU to run like two small little Linux appliances <laughs> yeah. um, for, I don't know, whatever. Uh, got a couple, I got an R730 and an HP Apollo and mm. way more storage than I need. So I like to play around with that, just tinker with things. Um, I, I'm really into board sports, so I do have, I like to snowboard, I like to wakeboard, paddleboard. If it's got board in it, I probably have tried it or enjoy it. I'm very much into longboarding. I've recently acquired a one wheel, and if you haven't tried one before, oh. I highly suggest trying it with a helmet and pads and <laughs> the, whole, the whole gamut because get the helmet yeah, and the pads, kids. There's a bit of a learning curve there. Oh man. Uh, See, I mean, I've, I'm I'm married to the most wonderful woman in the world. We've got three dogs, three cats. So obviously, we love animals. And you have like three yourself, dogs and three cats. I do, I do. My we do. Lord, I am not going to your house. I would die. I would, my allergies would just puff up, and I, and I would just be a like I I'd be like the Willy Wonka kid on on your floor, <laughs> all blue and blown up. It would be so bad. Good to know. Good to know. Um. Yeah, I, I do vacuum. Probably we have to vacuum this place like once every couple of days because of the because of the hair. I'll, I'll be but honest; it doesn't sound enough. Doesn't sound enough. <laughs> I mean, we need like five of those Roombas you got back there. Yeah, yeah, you, you like that little Roomba. Speaking mm -hmm. of technology, yeah. Um, let's see. I like to ride motorcycles. I recently uh, sold my motorcycle. Uh, I'm looking at picking up a new one here before the summer or the, before the uh, weather gets too good. Um, what else do I like to what do? What kind of motorcycle I, do you have? Tell, tell me about this. Well, I did have a 2001 Suzuki Intruder 800 VS mm. Cruiser. Um, very low mileage. Uh, I rode it for, that was my first bike. I started riding probably six years ago. I got my endorsement. And I just sold that thing like a week ago. Oh, so, wow. You just, so you just sold it. Yeah. And much like, you know, lining up a job before you quit your job, you should probably have your bike your new bike lined up yes. because I've just been, you know, I was looking out the outside the day. I'm just like, I want to be out on the road riding right now with the person who's probably out riding the bike that I sold. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Important lesson, kids don't quit your job unless you got another one lined up. 
and don't sell your motorcycle unless you have the other one. <laughs> Precisely. Unless, unless you're selling it because you're, you know, you have kids and your wife's telling you that she doesn't want you to die, you know, cause that's a valid mm -hmm. reason, right? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, probably possibly. a valid reason. Probably a valid reason. <laughs> For someone out there, that's a valid reason. Mm -hmm. And I guess lastly, the, 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 uh, I really, I recently acquired a travel trailer and I like to tow it around and take it to the beach and just since we work remotely these days, I'll just grab my laptop hotspot and the dogs and the, and the wife and we'll take it and spend a week somewhere. Yeah. And nobody can even tell aside from I don't bring the whole mic set up, so I don't sound as good. But or my, maybe I'm not on video on Zoom, but for all they know, go. I'm sitting That's at home. But one. when I'm out on a beach somewhere, just, you know, not drinking yeah. an alcoholic beverage during work hours. Uh, maybe, hmm, maybe. I mean, you, do you really have to leave the house to do that, though? That's the question. Um, that is the one, you know, wonderful thing about this pandemic is we, we, un, unfortunately for some people, they don't get to do this, but we get to work from home. And, and at the end of the day, that really means we can work from anywhere because it's, as long as you have internet, man, our job is, is nice and easy to do. So mm -hmm. that's definitely a huge benefit for us, for sure. Minus not being able to hang out as a team. I mean, this is that does suck. Yeah, man. That's when was the last time fun. I saw you in person, Zach? Oh gosh, in person? I mean, it's been what a year now. Was it the last QBR that we? I think uh... It might have been. And that was and that was 2019. I don't think we no had way. a QBR in 2020. Oh no, you know, it was either the QBR or that uh, that training that we had gone to together. One of the two, but yeah, I think it's, oh. it's probably been over a year man it's been over a year one of these days we're gonna have to do this podcast in person that's that's what we're gonna have to get to not at my yeah. place because it sounds like you wouldn't be able to breathe no no you're definitely <laughs> <to my place. laughs> yeah. otherwise i would just be sitting there like hey mark he has your weekend you know that was i mean it's... no one wants to listen to that <laughs> i'll just stuck up on like claritin or something there you go. I, I literally have it everywhere. I have uh, allergy medicine in my backpack, in my man purse, in my car, and actually all of my cars have, so it's it's everywhere. I have several, I have a bottle in my bathroom, a bottle in the kitchen. There's a bottle right here on my desk. Like it's everywhere. I have allergy You're medicine You're ready for everywhere. any yeah. situation. <laughs> Cause I tell you what, man, I do not want to be that blue kid. Nope. <laughs> The blueberry Horrible. kid that just goes rolling down the yeah the blueberry the roll them out of the room <laughs> exactly exactly and then squeeze me later <laughs> not a pretty not a pretty sight that always that freaked me out as a kid I could I did not enjoy watching that movie you honestly. you didn't like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory no really were you scared of it I have this weird thing about like people either getting like turned into things or like it just freaks me out. But it was like, literally your your fear literally the whole reality. him getting turned into a blueberry like freaked me out <laughs> like I would, I would have nightmares from that so oh my gosh that's good like, to know that's good to know i feel like we're gonna learn so much about each other through this podcast this is yeah. this is gonna be awesome it's gonna i'm be okay good. with that i'm okay and with on that too. note like what's uh what what do you what whiskey you drink is it your favorite whiskey or is Great it just question. uh what was on the shelf at the time you know, my favorite whiskey, that's hard, man. I just, all, all the, there's so many good whiskeys out there and there's different reasons to drink different whiskeys, right? So tonight I'm drinking, drinking the green spot. Um, this is a, a really delicious Irish whiskey. 
Um, what is this? This is uh, uh, 80 proof, 40% alcohol from Mitchell and Sons. Um, and this is just, I mean, this is good stuff. I think I first started, I think on my first green spot, maybe about three years ago now. And then, you know, the bartender was like, you know, this stuff is super rare, which in reality, I think he was just trying to, you know, get more money out of <laughs> Make <me>. a sale. <laughs> but, but I had never seen it before. And I was like, oh, cool. He goes, yeah, they just started importing it real good. Uh, you know, and then I think the next day I saw it at Walgreens or something. <laughs> and, and, he got you. He got, he got you. me. He got me good. I think I, <laughs> I probably paid five hundred dollars for that shot, but uh, no. <laughs> but yeah. So tonight I'm drinking Green Spot. This stuff is like I said. This stuff's real good. Um, I have no problem starting the night with with a good eighty proof whiskey. Right, start low and high type thing. So nice. It's good stuff. How about you, Mark? What are you drinking tonight? Well. I am drinking the, if you're familiar with the Jameson uh, Caskmates, um, Caskmates? Yeah, I think it was the Caskmates. Yeah. It's the um, Stout Edition. They have an IPA in the Stout Edition. I believe there's another, there's, there may be a, um, a, a few more. It's um, an Irish whiskey. Um, they finish them in, in uh, craft beer barrels. And uh, I first tried this. At a McMinimins, um, I'm sure those of you oh. that, that are listening in from Oregon or Washington are familiar with the McMinimins establishments. But I was at the the McMinimins um, in Kalama, Washington, uh, trying it out because uh, it's a relatively new establishment, and we wanted to check it out. So we're we have these um, we have the McMinimins passports. We have to go to each one and get some stamps. Do these? It's almost like real life, like adult achievements like like you would in a video game and one of them was to have a drink in you know each bar in, mm -hmm. in in the building and so we're like well i don't know what to drink i just want to get the stamp so i go in there and i'm like oh, i'll just what do you suggest for uh for a whiskey is let me just give me a whiskey and she's like well if you haven't had the castmates um stout edition it's very smooth um it's delicious it's not overpriced and i was like sure 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 give it to me and uh as long as they have the alcohol in it put it in the glass right right as long as there's alcohol i'm i'm there as long as or as, as long as it's not like wild turkey or something like you know, oh man yeah. dogging on the 101 huh probably just because of a few bad experiences i had in my 20s um but yeah I don't so know i know that there are good experiences <laughs> with wild turkey <laughs> that was like my free birthday shot you know that... oh lord have mercy mm -mm. <laughs> But yeah, ever since I tried this thing, like it's you know, it's it's one of those bottles where if you're looking for like a thirty dollar, I don't know, thirty to forty dollar nice smooth bottle of whiskey, it's not uh, not gonna like burn too much or or uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess some you know, I've had I've had some pretty bad rough mornings, but you know, haven't we all with with anything with alcohol? Haven't in it, we but, all? Um, no, it's uh, it's great. Um, I think I'll I think I'll probably step it up for the next one. Uh, you know, try to get on your league. Ooh, on your, oh on your level. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what my level is. I, I mean, if you're watching on video, you can see I've, I'm going to try to go through what I have before I start going to the liquor store to be buying, to be buying alcohol to present on this, this here podcast. <laughs> so I, I think we're going to try to make this like a regular part of the show because for both of us, one of our hobbies is, is whiskeys and bourbons and, and, um, and you also like scotches, right? I do. Oh man, I, I do like scotches. Way too peaty for me. I don't see. That's the thing is, I'm not a big fan of the peaty scotches. A little bit's fine, oh. um, but uh, there's been a few where it's like, it tastes like I just put a hunk of coal in my, like, yeah. or like just like a like a, I just took a, 
stuck my hand in a like <laughs> fireplace and just started shoving, shoveling ash into my mouth. But yeah, I'm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not about that. No, the, the, I, like, I prefer the scotches that aren't very peaty. Maybe what I'll do, maybe I'll learn a little bit more about scotches from you because maybe I just have had some bad experiences. But whenever I'm at the liquor store and I'm looking and I see scotch, I just skip right over it and go straight for the whiskeys. <laughs> so I don't, I have not attempted in a long time. So we'll see what happens. But well, so well, might, I, mean, I mean, you've got a you've got a collection there. I mean, this is the this is currently the only. The only hard alcohol in this house. So it sounds like if we're going to do this regularly, I'm going to wind up with a collection here shortly. You're going to have to put a <laughs> shelf in the background. <laughs> we'll both have nice shelves. It's just, uh, it's just going to be all whiskeys. And, and for me, tequilas. I've got the, over here on this side. These are, these are some tequila bottles over here with some good stuff, man. I also enjoy good, good sipping tequila. Oh, yeah. Not our friend Jose. Hmm. Our friend Jose stays out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> We That's only meet up at the you, bar huh? every now and then. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh man! Well, Mark, I think, I I think uh, I think we can wrap this thing up. So, one one thing I think that I did not add to our our list of things to talk about tonight was just kind of what this podcast is going to be about. I think I I guess actually we kind of covered that earlier, right? The podcast is is going to probably be primarily about technology. Um, you know, like I said, we talked about our hobbies a little bit so we can leave it open-ended so we can talk about some other stuff. Um, we'll see. And I mean, we'll just see how it goes. We, we have no idea, um, even what yeah, the think name it, of this podcast is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Insert, insert name here for now. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that yeah. becomes the name. I mean, yeah, one day we're still we undecided. Never... It's just insert name. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, no, I think it'd be cool if we like, you know, we'll have a topic perhaps uh, and we can just sort of, I don't know, we could talk about emerging technologies and maybe where, where we see on the pre-sale side, we could, we could speak like in a generic way to what we see, like our customers doing, uh, like the directions they're going, mm. they're going. like I, I cover more the, the public sector space, mm -hmm. you know, whereas you're, mm -hmm. you're on more on the private side. So it'd be, it'd be nice to get uh, sort of both perspectives on, on, on what, what people are doing in yeah. the data center or in the hyperscaler or you know just where things are going today so it'd be, it'd be nice to, to to continue these you know podcasts maybe in that in that manner for the most part i mean and totally. just have fun goof off yeah for sure a little bit of business mixed with a little bit of technology mixed with a with a little bit of a little bit of hard alcohol sounds yeah, like a yeah. good time it's yeah it sounds like a great mix it's gonna be fun was, it's gonna be fun if i could get paid to to do that every day I'd yeah. Well, maybe not every day. My liver would probably. Of course, you can just get a liver transplant these days. I mean, it's... there you go. Yeah. You work in pre-sales. You can afford those kinds of things. We, we no longer have to be accountable to any of our sins. We just get replacement body parts now. It's great. Technology, man. What a what a what a time to be alive. What a great what time, a time to, be to be alive. It's so wonderful. Yes. Yes. Ooh, one of these times we'll have to talk about how technology is destroying us as a human species. That that should be a fun podcast. That'll be a dark. Be Maybe a dark we'll do podcast. like a little conspiracy theory series. Mm. That sounds like fun, huh? I have some. I have some stories. Do I have you? Some stories. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh yeah. And actually, I have a. I have a. I have a. I know somebody who would be a great guest speaker when it comes to technology mm. and conspiracy yes. theories here in the United States. Um, oh. Some very interesting stuff. So, something to look forward to. 
There you go. There you in go. addition Man. to the rest of you know, our other, you know, future podcasts, because you know, we look, you should look forward to every one of them because they're going to be. Yeah, great. totally. I mean, this is going <laughs> to blow up. One day, this will be our job, Mark. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm just okay trying with that. to speak it into existence. Is what I'm trying to do. Yes, put it out into the universe. That's right. Yeah. Put it out into the universe, and you shall receive. Precisely. Write it in a script, Precisely. and it will be done for you. Is also another saying. Yes. Yes. <laughs> cool. Well, cool. I think that brings us to a wrap. So, um, hey, Mark, it's been real. It's been fun. Let's see what happens. All right. Sounds good. Cool, man. We will uh, uh, catch you next time, and all of you viewers slash listeners on the next on the next go around. Sounds good. Talk to y'all later. <laughs>